Hey there, I'm Erin, your hormone bestie and host, and I'm so thankful to have you here listening today. This is the podcast for you if you are tired of trying to understand your cycle and need some support, if you want to improve your nutrition to improve your hormone health, and if you are a menstruator in this world and maybe you want to have a baby someday, this is for you. And today we're going to be talking about how weight can impact hormone health and why the how is just as important as the what. As a reminder, this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not meant to be taken as personalized guidance or advice. And I talked about this a little bit on last week's podcast, but we're going to just touch on it really quickly because look, I became a dietitian because I believed every single fad diet and stupid nutrition tidbit that I read on the internet. I was obsessed and it wasn't healthy by any stretch of the imagination. But I ended up falling so in love with nutrition and what it was doing for my body that I decided to go to college for a degree in nutrition, where I ended up learning that everything I thought I knew was in fact incorrect. My food obsession spiraled at different times in my life, ranging from disordered eating to just trying to accept my body and myself. Because my relationship with my food, though it was greatly impacted by my relationship with my body, was also affected by my relationship with who I was as a person and who I wanted to be. I always had this picture in my head of what I was supposed to look like, what I was supposed to feel like, and I took a lot of pride in pushing my body to the extremes. It wasn't until my period was so irregular, painful, and debilitating that I actually started to take my relationship with food and my body seriously. Now, I'm not saying that you should wait until something like this happens. What I'm saying is that there is no time like the present, especially if you want to find balance in your life and in your hormones. I bring this up today because I shared a reel the other day about how weight gain was an important part of my hormone healing journey. And honestly, this was, and sometimes still is, a hard part of the journey for me. But here's where we run into problems. There will always be people who say that weight is important in hormone health, whether it is low or high, and that's not wrong. Our weight does impact our hormone health. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it doesn't. What I will tell you is that it's only one piece of the puzzle. For example, I have talked with women who did gain weight only for their period to still not come back until they made specific dietary changes. I have also talked to women who did lose weight only to have their period and hormone imbalance symptoms get worse because their body was under so much stress. The how matters just as much as the what. At the end of the day, reaching a healthy weight for you, a weight where you are comfortable, eating the foods that you love, not being hungry all the time, able to eat when you are hungry and stop when you're full and have a regular healthy ovulatory cycle, a normal period, and doing this in a way that supports your hormone health is essential. And yes, all of these things can be true. And the reality is, is that the weight that your body feels healthy has normal hormone regulation and function and is absolutely thriving may not be the weight that you have always pictured in your head or the weight that your doctor told you that you should be or the weight some trashy magazine said was best. And before you turn this podcast off, I understand that this isn't easy And it usually isn't something that we want to hear or talk about, which is why I don't take weight lightly and why I often refrain from talking about it, particularly on social media where people only get tidbits at a time. But I do feel like this podcast is a platform where we can get more into it and talk more in detail about some of the things that might be going on. 
and because I created this podcast so that we could talk about some of these things, even when they're hard. I also want to share that as a dietitian and coach, weight loss is not something that I prescribe. It's just not. I don't find telling people that they need to lose weight to be helpful, realistic, or even have enough benefits to outweigh the potential and very likely risk. The only time I really talk about weight loss with clients is if they bring it up or it is one of their goals. And even then as a coach, I feel strongly that there are more body self-loving positive approaches than simply this weight needs to change. But I also know that there is so much misinformation out there and that if I can help you to understand your body in a different or new way, that this is something that I want to do. So Let's just start with the science because as you all know, I do love the science and I love the physiology and the better that we can understand our bodies, the better we can support them in a way that makes sense, is logical, and of course is practical for you. And to start, it's not just that your weight affects your hormones, but your hormones also affect your weight. This is why a one size approach does not fit all. This is why cookie cutter plans don't work for most people and definitely don't work long term. We have to find balance so that your body can be in a healthy homeostasis. I will also share that we need more information on all of this. We need more research. We need more studies. We need to keep learning so that we can support people like you better and better. And much of what we do know about weight and our sex hormones is from studies on postmenopausal women, meaning women who have gone through menopause and are not having a menstrual cycle. While we can apply some of this information, much of it is likely variable because there are such drastic hormone shifts within menopause and after. But our bodies, while so incredibly resilient, are craving homeostasis. They want an equilibrium so that they can feel safe, nurtured, and ready to carry out a potential pregnancy. Whether you want to get pregnant or not, if the body doesn't feel safe enough or nourished enough to reproduce, then it might hold off on ovulation which then leads down a path of anovulatory cycles and hormone imbalance. But it also makes sense that if your body is feeling threatened, be it from a famine, a pandemic, chronic stress, that it wouldn't make sense to consistently ovulate because your body can feel what is going on around you, even when you maybe don't realize it. Which is why for some people, if they are experiencing a cycle without ovulation, or they have not had a period for over three months, also known as amenorrhea, weight gain can be very helpful. You are letting your body know that it is safe and nourished, particularly if your body has been undernourished for an extended period of time. But so why then do some women gain weight and still don't get their period back? And this could be for a few reasons. One, it could be that it's just going to take time for your body to continue to heal, find balance and feel safe. And to be honest, if you have spent years in a state of undernutrition, we can't expect your body to bounce back really quickly because your body might still be wondering how long this is going to last. Another potential concern could be that you still aren't eating regularly. Eating regular meals can be just as important as getting enough calories in. What I mean by that is, if you eat 5,000 calories one day, but then the next two days you only eat 600, and you're still in a mental space of restriction, you may gain weight because you're eating more than your body might be using, but your body still doesn't feel safe because it doesn't know that each day you are going to continue to nourish it well. Similarly, if you aren't eating consistent meals throughout the day and creating a routine for your meals, your body might still sit there wondering when the next meal is going to come because your body craves consistency. 
I'm not suggesting that you start counting calories or anything like that. What I am saying is that it's not just about how much you eat, but also about how regular and how often. But what if you have gained weight and maybe you started having a period, but it's totally irregular and you're still not ovulating? One, that is wonderful that you are having a period and we should celebrate that. But ovulation is still incredibly important so that we have that balance of progesterone and estrogen. Because progesterone is so important, not just for our hormone health, but for our brain health and our muscular health too. So if this is the case, it might be that we also need to concentrate on the micronutrients that you are getting. We have macronutrients, which are our carbs, protein, and fats. And we also have micronutrients, which are our vitamins, our minerals. And we want to pay attention to things like the types of fats that we're getting. I call these the nutrition details. These are the frills on our plans, the little things that may seem small, but when you look at the big picture, they make a big difference. They are the pen when you get married and you need to sign your marriage license. Yeah, pens are a dime a dozen and they're everywhere, but if for some reason you don't have one when you suddenly need one, the wedding has a pretty big mood shift. It's the details. Your body still needs these essential micronutrients, and if you weren't eating enough before, it's highly possible that you could be a little bit depleted, but we can do something about that. Making sure that you are getting enough vitamin C, zinc, B vitamins, selenium, and folate can all play a huge role in your ability to ovulate, just to name a few. So ensuring that these are in your diet is essential. And before you go taking any supplements of these, I always encourage a food-first approach. And make sure to chat with your doctor or dietitian before starting a new supplement. Now, let's roll on over to the other side of this, which is the concern for having excess fatty tissue. I want to be clear that it's also not just about weight. It's about fatty tissue because this tissue can hold estrogens and estrogen precursors, which can then impact how much estrogen is in your body. This then impacts our hormone balance. The reason that I want to clarify that it's not just about weight as a whole is that if you quickly lose a lot of weight, this will likely include loss of lean muscle mass, which can then negatively affect your hormone health. At the same time, weight loss does put stress on the body you are interfering with the homeostasis that it has created. So if you are working on decreasing your stress load, weight loss can negatively impact that for some people. So it can be a really tough balance to find, and each person is so incredibly different, which is why I suggest working with someone, a hormone health dietitian, a doctor that you trust, to make sure that if weight loss is a goal, you're doing it in a way that supports your body and your hormone health. I don't think that the goal of weight loss is inherently inappropriate, depending on the person and their specific situation, and it can be helpful at times. I do, however, think it needs to be done well and in a way that is very mindful of the body as a whole. So this means no super low-calorie diets, no fad diets, no intermittent fasting, none of that. And if you are eating too little for too long, this can put your body in a space of depletion, which as we have talked about before can also negatively affect ovulation. I believe in focusing on healthy actions that support your hormone health and fertility. And if weight comes along with that, okay, but it also might not. Because ultimately we want your body to find a weight that is comfortable, that it is able to do the things that you want to do, where you can eat the foods that you love and eat when you're hungry and stop when you're full, where you can understand what your body needs, you understand your cravings, and you're able to honor your hunger. That is what I think we need to find. So what are these actions that you can take to support your body and your hormone health as a whole? 
Nutritionally, things like adding more fruits and vegetables. This doesn't mean that you need to constantly be eating fruits and veggies all the time, but trying to add at least one fruit or one veggie to each meal is a beautiful way to start providing your body with more of these micronutrients that support your metabolism and a healthy cycle. Adding protein to each meal, whether it is eggs, tofu, meat, fish, tempeh, dairy, whatever it is, let's get it in there. This will help preserve lean muscle mass if you are losing weight, support healthy metabolism and blood sugar regulation, and your protein foods are super important precursors to your hormones, meaning that the proteins make up some of the building blocks for so much of your body. So if you don't have enough protein, it could be taking a toll on your hormone health and fertility. Another thing is getting gentle movement in. You do not have to be the sweatiest person in the gym for your movement to have a huge impact. In fact, walking is one of the absolute best things that you can do for your hormone health and your body as a whole. But these are just a few steps that you can take. And if you need more steps or more ideas, you're always welcome to reach out to me on Instagram. I will add my handle to the show notes too. But the absolute most important thing to me about any weight changes is that we come from a place of self-love and self-care. What I mean by this is that I don't believe that we can approach our weight from anything other than a loving place because the change will never result in the self-love that you are looking for or the self-acceptance that you are looking for. Whether the goal is to gain weight or lose weight, if you hate yourself at the weight that you currently are, any change is not going to heal that relationship. And if the idea of being in love with yourself sounds crazy, weird, maybe even a little cocky, I would love to dive deeper into that with you. Because why shouldn't you be in love with yourself? I am willing to bet that you are kind, that you care about improving yourself, or else you wouldn't be listening to this podcast, and that you also have a good sense of humor because, again, you're listening to this podcast. Quick pause for laughter. But seriously, y'all, if you are having a hard time understanding why you should be absolutely in love with yourself, then I think it's time to do some soul-searching. This could look like making a list of why you are the literal best. Think about why somebody would want to be friends with you, and if that feels challenging, ask someone close to you. Sometimes it can be really hard, but it's okay to send a message to someone and say, hey, I just need a little positivity in my life. Would you mind telling me a few of my best qualities, or would you mind sharing with me what makes me a good friend? Maybe it's uncomfortable, but you know what else is? Feeling like you aren't worth it. The other thing I encourage you to do is start dating yourself and not in the Gerard Butler ugly truth movie sort of way where he's like, if you don't want to have sex with you, why would anyone else? Blah, blah, blah. But in the, you deserve to be flattered, loved, cared for, wined and dined, given presents, whatever your love language is, you deserve to have that. But most importantly, you deserve to treat yourself that way. Maybe that means that you buy yourself flowers every other week because it makes you happy. Maybe that means you take a bubble bath and light some candles on Friday because hell yeah, it's Friday. Maybe that means that you make your favorite meal every Sunday because it makes you feel like home. Bottom line, you have to start treating yourself with love and respect and honoring your needs. Because until you do embrace yourself, change isn't going to fix the problem. Does this mean that you will always absolutely love your body and feel comfortable and be totally obsessed with how you look? Probably not. I know that I don't, but that's okay because self-love doesn't come from how we look. 
which might even be part of the problem. Self-love comes from how you feel about you as a person. And I think the ultimate beautiful act of self-love is nourishing your body with the food that it wants and needs. And I will leave you with that for the week. As always, if you have questions or concerns about anything that I talked about today, I encourage you to reach out to me on Instagram. I am always happy to talk more about hormone health and nutrition and just life in general sometimes. You can find me at at erinlindorfer.rdn and I will also include that in the show notes like I said before. There is never a better time to start prioritizing your hormone health, your nutrition, and yourself. Each day brings a new opportunity to choose yourself and I hope that you choose you today. Sending lots of love and well wishes for the week. Happy hormones!